0: You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by STS Steel Targets, premium shooting targets and accessories. And now, over to your hosts. Oh, well, hello, and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty, and uh, with me tonight is Greg. How you going, Rusty? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Are you all right? Yeah I, yeah, I just you just were telling me
1: about getting a concussion. He's are you, are you still with us. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm all good. I just sucked face with someone's knee during training, <laughs> and uh, copped it on the point of the jaw, and had a little uh, delayed concussion after that. So yeah, it's it's, it's I'll say it's not pleasant. Uh, yeah, so I've right. had a very unpleasant week, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's cleared
0: off now, and yeah, back to it. Absolutely, and Andrew is not joining us tonight, unfortunately, duty calls. He's uh, he's at work still. I suspect. Yeah, he loves those seventy-hour weeks, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not <absolutely>. really. <laughs> no, he's, he's rapped about him. He loves them absolutely. So, speaking of seventy-hour weeks, um, how's your week been? Yeah, a not too bad. Of weeks.
1: Yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, been out, dropped a couple of foxes on a couple of different nights, and Good. Um, uh, getting ready for a trip coming up in December into New South Wales. So, uh, went out on the weekend. Uh, with Simo, who's been on the podcast before, and um, host we,
0: of the uh, Hunting HQ podcast,
1: that's right. And um, just went through our gear, checking zeros and all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, um, getting MVs, uh, and then we, uh, you know, did the old um, tailgate cook up after that, and then waited for the sun to go down and sensational chase some foxes again uh, that evening. And and believe it or not, on the weekend, it actually we got fogged in. You, know, you got fogged in. Yeah, when it's like 32 degrees during the day, and we actually got fogged in, but obviously thermal can, can yeah. see through fog, which sort of saved the night a bit, but yep. uh, yeah, we got one in the end, so that was good night. Yeah.
0: Right. I don't think I've ever been fogged in in 30 degree weather.
1: Yeah, no, it's odd. It, it wasn't 30 at the time, obviously. It was, <laughs> sure. You know, yep. it just dropped right off, but, yep. um, but yeah, you know, hmm. very unusual for this time of year.
0: Absolutely. Oh, well, very good. Very good, and... Uh, Good to hear the uh, the foxes are still uh, around. Yeah, they... they uh, well, less of them now.
1: Well, yeah, all the pups coming out, as you know, yeah. and um, so the numbers are... Back up. It's, mm-hmm. it's the old reset, isn't it? The reset <laughs> button's been pressed. It's fresh. And, uh, it's fresh. Yeah, they're all running in, nice and dumb. And uh, yeah, okay. yeah, it's good so you probably don't
0: need the thermal right at the moment. Oh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Yeah, now the one we shot anyway.
1: The one we shot actually sat down wind of us for quite some time in some dead ground, <laughs> and we couldn't find it because he was he was down low. But you know. Even smelling us in in the full yep. wind, he he didn't bug out. He just sort of, maling, you know, sort of just zigzagged around downwind,
0: mm. and yeah, so yeah, very dumb. It's good, absolutely. Well, I have gotten back from uh, from my trips around uh, the east coast of Australia, meeting a stack of stack of listeners, actually, and others. Yep. Um, it's been good fun. The I, I don't actually know where we are in the release of the podcast schedule. From that, we did four podcasts while we were away. And I don't know how many have gone up at the time of actually launching this one. So whatever you've heard so far, there may be more, or if not, um, then there's no more. Um, <laughs> just to make it really clear. And, uh, and so, what
1: number of episodes is this one, mate? I have no idea. <laughs> I
0: have no idea. It's uh, it's somewhere in the seventies. Yep. Um, and yeah, back in your heyday. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, and then. Uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll keep on putting those out but it's a good trip um obviously if you you know want to know full details about you know, where we did and what we what we got up to that's that's you know the other episodes to catch but um overall really good fun um lots of stories to tell lots of people we met and, and awesome to meet listeners and chat away with them and, and find so much passion for this style of shooting all mm. around the country mm. and you got to have a look through liscgo we did, yeah. I know Dan yeah. and I banged on about it in a, uh, in, a in an episode, yeah. um, but I'm happy to go on further about it because it was it was really <laughs> pretty good, good yeah, really yeah. worthwhile. I mean, you, you don't get too many opportunities in Australia to go look at a manufacturing house of firearms. Mm. Um, I, to be fair, I'm not really sure of you know to the, to that extent. You you probably have some sort of small-scale builders building some stuff, which you can go look at, I guess, but um, to the, the the production level uh, extent, I don't th- I'm not aware of anything else like that in the country. Yep. And, you know, they're obviously doing stuff for the military and doing stuff for the civilian world, uh, and we got to have a little look at both. Um, and, yeah, pretty pretty full-on. I know that we, we would have mentioned in the other podcast about uh, the age of some of the stuff, so the buildings they're in, uh, but then also some of the machinery they use um, is actually quite old, some of the original stuff. Yeah, right. And they, they keep working with it uh, to make it work because it still does a really, really yeah. good job. Yep. Um, and no doubt, you know, I know we mentioned the other one. I know I'm going over old ground here, but um, they've, they've updated where they needed to, but then they've kept some of that. And I know Dan was really taken by that d- to appreciate the history of it and the mm. sort of the old school way of doing some stuff, um, yep. but then updated bits and pieces they need yeah, to yeah, yeah. one yep. of the only look I may get this wrong but I think they had the only forge in the southern hemisphere Barrow yeah I've forge. heard that before yeah, yeah okay I've heard that if it's not right at least it's put out there yeah c- at least we're both wrong <laughs> Sam <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what we try to be yeah. consistently wrong yeah um so it was a unique experience, really unique experience. And if anyone ever has the opportunity to go do that, and I know you can't just rock up and, and do it, uh, we're very privileged in that regard. But uh, if you do get the chance to, it's well worth doing. Mm. Well worth mm. doing. So.
1: Kid in a candy shop from the sounds of it? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yep. Just weren't allowed to take any of them home, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Oh, and you, you got hands on their new. Rifle, yeah, the 105,
0: yet, yeah, Which I think we uh, we spent half a podcast right. talking about how much we love it. Yep, <laughs> um, See, obviously, so, I obviously haven't listened to that well, one yet. It, but, it, it, yeah. To be fair, it only went up today, only a few hours ago, so um. It's uh, yeah, it was it was really good fun. Um, if you want to know more details, check out their episode seventy one, uh, the one about wind, um, and Dan and I talk about it there. But it was yeah, it's a nice piece of kit. Uh, I know I, uh, people will be excited about it, and and for good reason. And they will sell heaps of them because they're really uh, they're well suited to PRS, really dedicated with PRS in mind. And they will uh, yeah, they're, they're obviously built for a purpose, and they'll serve that purpose very well. Uh, and as PRS and and similar style competitions kick up around the country, which uh, they will, uh, information hopefully is coming quite soon on that. Mm. Uh, that will be um, was it uh, that will be uh, out in the new year exclusively to the uh, precision shooting podcast, according <laughs> to you last time I believe I <laughs> think you said. Um, yeah, as as that sort of competitions start to sort of perk up a little bit, um, we will see you know, use for that. Uh, quite consistently, so yeah, it was good, really good experience.
1: Oh, just one thing: when, it, when mm. are they releasing this new rifle? Has it got a release date for sale?
0: Yeah, Q two of um, Q two of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, so somewhere in April through to June for yep. six point five. Nice. Uh, I suspect though that if you haven't, this is a guess, it's only mm. a guess, but if you haven't ordered one yet. Uh, you won't see one that in that period, yeah, okay, yeah, They're I Getting I, snapped up So from what I can tell, the orders are out there, yeah and uh and i look i don't know what the production ca- capacity is of for that rifle mm. so i mean the the launcher, but I suspect if you haven't got an order in yet, get one in soon because yeah. i I would be guessing that you won't get one in that in that quarter mm-hmm. um i am honest quite honestly only guessing that um yeah. but yeah, I think that's uh yeah,
1: it's fairly typical, well, yeah, d- demand fairly decent assumption. Yeah, 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 demand to be high. Yeah,
0: yeah you, as soon as those things make their way around the country yep. for people to hold and shoot, mm. uh, the demand will go up Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well. So, yep. yeah, it was good and uh, and good chance to, um, I really enjoyed uh, going to the Victorian uh, Precision Service Rifle yep. uh, shoot. I've uh, been sponsoring that shoot for the year mm-hmm. and thought I should actually go to one. Yep. Uh, and it was really good, bunch of really good blokes there. The club was really welcoming.
1: Yep. Uh So if...
0: if yeah, if I can encourage anyone to get along to any of those precision service rifle shoots, um, got to. I mean, we've, we've spoken to Simon Ross on the show before. Yep, yep. Uh, you've met Simon before, and Jared, of course. The other mm-hmm. the other, um, person in that mix is a guy called Brian Kirkman, uh, who we'd actually spo- spoken about doing a show together uh, previously and just never quite Pulled got off. there, you yep. know, just, just, you know. Life happens, and uh, and and finally got to meet Brian, and, and we will do a show, but we've said, oh we'll do it next time." Either he's in Adelaide or I'm in Sydney, yep. um, because uh, otherwise we'll probably just end up with the same thing. Just yeah, yeah. What about next week? Oh yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. What about the week after? <laughs> that sort of thing, and just yeah. eventually go. Hey, it's been twelve months, um. So we'll get Brian on, but he he runs the one in Sydney, uh, Jared's the one in Victoria, and Simon the one in Canberra, and uh, they. Look, so, so when you look at the shoots, they're on paper, and they seem pretty set positions, right? So they seem, you go, oh, just, not, you know, is that pretty close to F class? Mm. Tell you what, it's n- nowhere near it. I mean, it's not quite PRS in terms of all the movement and, the, and that sort of thing, but it was it was the time pressures yeah, there.
1: The time pressure, that's oh. all the positional stuff
0: still. I mean, this is similar to what you would have shot. Back in your day, yeah, wouldn't
1: it? yeah, no, it, uh, you know, from what you described, Snaps it sounds a lot like, yeah, you know, all yeah, your snap cereals and yeah, yeah, sounds a lot like the uh, the, the military style mm. shoot, which you know, there's a lot of PRS um, parallels, you, you could say, yeah, and, um, yeah, absolutely, you know, with only a few sort of differences, but um,
0: I think I think all yeah. the
1: fundamentals are there.
0: Well, that mm. and and more so like the um, pronoun supported is um, is yep. oodles are fun. Yeah,
1: prone, unsupported. Yeah.
0: No, um, <laughs> there was, uh, I'm, I'm going to get this run wrong, but I think there was an, it was called an agony snap. Agony snap. And so you're in prone, unsupported for, I'm going to have to look this up now, but yeah. um, in fact, I'll do that because I want to get this right. And I know I did talk about it on a particular podcast with it, but I tell you what, it's it was good. So prone, unsupported in
1: my day was obviously prone, on your elbows, mag can't touch the ground. So, rifle supported, basically, on your elbows, yeah? Yeah, you're spot on. Uh,
0: You could use a sling. Oh, and you could use a sling as well for stability. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, Which which I guess made it feasible um, to do, (laughs) otherwise I'd have no chance. Yep. Um, The matches here.
1: Yeah, it's one thing I haven't done a lot of is uh, sling work. So, that's, that's interesting. Did the sling? Do you think? Do you feel the sling adds a lot, lot more stability? Would how would you rate the 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 difference between just prone supported and prone supported with sling? a sling?
0: prone unsupported? Well, prone unsupported. Sorry. And then and with a sling. Yeah, so yeah. the sling was fine. Um. Yeah. Look, it it certainly makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Well and truly, I would struggle to do it without it. Um. Mm-hmm. I cannot find the info about the match, which is really useful. Oh, actually, I just remembered. I saved it like a smart person to iBooks, and uh, and it will be in there. I've I've found the paperwork. Uh, it was the agony snap, five hundred yards, and so it's prone unsupported. So you use a sling, yeah. But then over four minutes, you had five exposures of fifteen seconds. Oh yeah, and uh, each each exposure had two rounds to to shoot um now i think they did cut that down in time i don't think yeah. they ran the full four minutes yeah um so you're obviously fatiguing yeah 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 <laughs> so basically sitting there and then you sort of pop up and away you go that that was really good fun the other one i really did enjoy was uh snap or moving so I was prone in any position so bipod was good but effectively uh there was five exposures um, of ten seconds. No, uh, ten exposures of five seconds. I'll get that the right way. Yep. So lots of lots of targets. One round, one shot per per go. Yep. But you didn't know if they're gonna if they were just gonna appear and yep. then disappear, or if they're gonna pop up and move and yeah. then go away again. Yep. Um, and so the exposure is the time that they're you know they they pop up for five seconds, expose for five, and then drop away. Now either moving or or not. So it's quite um. It's quite challenging. Yeah, you uh, can't anticipate. Yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. to anticipate. And they were also moving left to right or right to left. So yep. it, was, it was it was both ways. And That's cool. even yep. to the point, and I don't know if this was intentional, but uh so like twelve targets had come up, one for each yep. shooter. Yep. But not all of them would move the same direction. Yeah, righto. Eh? So like three of them might move so left it's to it's right. Distracting and and, oh and yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good fun. I don't know if that bit was intentional, but it was good. I liked it. I like yeah, the yeah. fact that your target may be different moving to the target next to you. Yeah, yeah. Um Cause that'll mess you, you up a little bit Well, yeah. you know potentially it, in your peripheral vision. I'm pretty vision. sure it yeah. did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think really yeah, got to focus in, don't you? It, yeah. it was, so it found that really good. Um, so I, I, I uh, was teamed up with um with uh Dave uh, Acker from Breda. Um, shout out to the uh, the Maple Wallabies, he's Canadian, yeah, righto, yeah. like our good friend Ben, yep, <laughs> <laughs> and uh. And so he would, you know, he'd sort of let me know the target was up, and then that was, you know, so otherwise yeah. I was just sort of based down there resting. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, yep. particularly through that agony snap, so. Yeah, so it was really interesting. It was a bit different, perhaps a little bit more uh, interactive than I thought, and, and there was no time. <laughs> it was Yeah. No, like, yeah, you were busting for time. Yep. Um So it was all, like, short exposure. Well, short exposure, um, but... Uh, yeah, between you yeah, basically just stayed there, and then the next the next would come through, and the next uh, one, and yeah, then you'd, like you'd, rolling wave. Just yeah, pretty much, and then and then get off the gun and get your your, your mate down on his. Well, that's good and, when they. Run and then like it, was, that. it was it was it was go again. Yeah, and then as soon as you basically took your last shot and the gun was cleared, yep. start packing your stuff up and move back a yeah, hundred yeah, yards.
1: Yeah. Now it's really good when they when you've got. Uh, you know, a range practice happening and they've got that rolling wave thing happening mm. and they're they're really um efficient. Yeah. You can get that whole shoot done. So what what was the whole time of the shoot? Was it like a
0: Oh, I think I think we were we were from start to finish for the for Dave and I, you know, our and Bravo to go through it was about yeah. two hours. Yeah, two hours. Uh, you see that's uh, nice. Yeah. For how many zero, so, and then and then of course yep. um guys swap over and, and they go on the butts. Yep. Um and then they run another two um, hours. Yeah, another yeah. sort of two hours, bit of a changeover in between. Yep. I think they didn't think it ran quite as quickly as Jared hoped, but but yep. uh, there was not really uh, it was it was all go. It yeah. was all go. And Pretty look, hard. I think I think they had, which is exciting. I think they had a stack of guys shooting for the first time. Yeah, okay. And I don't know what they normally have, but I look off off top of my head, there would have been about eight or nine of us, mm. so near close to a quarter of the field. who have never shot that comp before. Yeah. and. Uh, we were learning, yeah, yeah <laughs> very yeah. much learning, and and then I think also you know in the butts. So with the targets now, yep. to be fair, Jared told me not to go in the butts and to go out and film and and to do the podcast stuff, which was yep. very generous of him. But um I imagine there was a, there was a lot more assistance given mm. to the guys in the butts, uh, yeah. perhaps that took a bit longer than normal, yep. um, for for valid reasons. I yep. mean, I've I've never. I've never been in butts of a rifle range before, yeah. because you, know, you don't do that when you're in shooting steel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so. no, we used to
1: do it for like four days at a time on <laughs> big comps. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you do need a little bit of initial training for that. But yeah, yeah, it helped. Yeah. But uh, yeah, not too bad once you know what you're doing. But
0: yeah. I always take that sacrifice for new shooters. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, To see a stack of guys shooting their first comp. Yeah, and
1: if you ever want to know what it's like to have bullets whizzing over your head, <laughs> working the butts, yeah, you Get to know that sound really well. Yeah, yeah. no,
0: it was, it was really good. So, um, it, you know, I, I know everyone's spoken highly of Jared's comps there. Mm. And, you know, I was always happy to support it. But it's wonderful to go and see it. And, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd encourage anyone. Even if you think, uh, oh, I didn't sort of, you know, so I want to shoot steel and do PRS stuff, go shoot that because it'll challenge you. It yeah. really will. In in a good way, but you'll still be really enjoying it because there is that sort of stress in the, the position. And I know... I know that they have found out that they have now the ability to shoot some positional stuff a bit closer oh, okay. in. As yeah, well, before okay. is always prone, but I they, they believe they've, they've found that they're uh, licensed to be able to shoot from different positions closer in. Oh, excellent. Which is really encouraging. So it'll get more dynamic uh, yeah, yeah. in the new year. Yeah. So um, worth paying attention to for that comp, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to be involved in it next year as well. Yep. Mm. Cool. Anyway, um, so for the guys who want to follow up on what we did for the trip, uh, if we did, if I did happen to run into you, myself or Dan or both of us or any of the other guys, we really appreciated you guys uh, having a chat and uh, finding out about some people who uh, do tune in to us for some unknown reason. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> must be bored. <laughs> Very bored. That was uh, yeah, it was really good, really good fun, and uh, and there will be something similar or a couple similar or something something will be on the cards for two thousand eighteen so we will be back uh, in some way, shape or form. Other uh, information, Um, you said something about AB, Greg? Yeah, I. what's his name, Doc Beach?
1: Yeah, Doc sent through his uh, email that um, one of the Litz books is being, uh, is it a new edition? Yeah, third edition. Third edition's being released shortly.
0: one performance of rifle bullets.
1: That's the one. And, uh, well, in the US anyway, they're taking pre-orders and um, I think it's due out around
0: Christmas, I think. Yep. So, so I, I'd suggest get in touch with Huntsman in Australia uh, yep. and see what you can find out. Yeah, definitely. So that's a that's a good little pick
1: up for a bit of Christmas reading while you're, you know, doing a bit of fishing or camping. So. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is it going to be out by? Shit, I'm not sure. I, d- I can't remember the date. I did read it. I don't know if there's a date there. Soon to be released. So, Mm. get on it. Soon. Get on it. Soon. (laughs) It'll be released. Uh, Speaking of Huntsman, uh, they have a few of those target, uh, the Magneto target indicators. Now, I I reckon we might have talked about them coming back from the States, but they're basically a little device that sits on the back of a target, so Velcroed on, and they indicate that you've hit the target okay. by sort of flashing a red light. Yep. Now, um, it's not quite that simple, although it, it is in some ways. Um, I'm just trying to find the, the full product name and all that sort of gear. But they effectively, the, the mechanism sits behind the plate. Mm. So you're not going to shoot through the plate and yeah, break yeah. that yep. in theory. And, and then there's like a little rubber uh, clear bit that sticks up. Mm. Um and what that does is that will bring up the light behind mm. the target. Yep. So you can see that the uh, you can see that the light's flashing when it's on. Now, it'll flash red when you've hit it and it'll actually flash orange when you miss it. Have a look at that, Craig. That's the ones there. And so if you happen to hit, because people always, they're always a concern is, well, what if you hit the uh, the indicator? Well, the idea is that you might hit that rubber and yep. you either pass through it uh, and you probably take quite a few pass-throughs. It's quite yeah. thick. it uh, be sort of self-healing, I suspect. Yeah, and but it's it, sort
1: of got a shape at the top, like a prism to direct the light Yep. back towards the observer. Yep. yep.
0: And so I- eventually that little piece of uh, rubber, uh, or whatever it's made of, is replaceable. Mm. So you just pull that out, put a new one in, and away you go again. Yep. So... Uh, Huntsman have some demo units around and and managed to get a little bit of time, not in a shooting manner, but in just a uh, kicking the target manner Mm. on the weekend. And that was, yeah, this was good. We saw the same thing in in the uh, the states, Uh, but uh, these ones are making their way around. So Huntsman has some videos and being used now. Uh, I believe we're going to get hands on with them uh, in a few weeks. Uh, which would be great. Uh, but I did see that Jared and Lucas McKinney and uh Crispy all got uh, got some hits on about 900 plus, and they said it was real easy to see. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, so the feedback's starting to come in that they're a good option. Uh They're around the 270 mark or something like that, which I know some people go, whoa, that seems yeah. pricey. Yeah. But there's no cables, there's no wires, they yeah. last a long time on batteries, Yeah. and chances are you're not really going to break them too easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, for competition type stuff, it sort of adds a bit
1: more um, consistency for scoring, and I think that's probably yeah. the
0: the point is that they're not necessarily they're not the primary sort of reason to make them isn't for the individual shooting at eight hundred meters or something. It's really more for competition stuff or if you're shooting really long range.
1: Yeah. Uh, and really want
0: good confirmation that you can see. It. It's really the backup of spot it's cool are making feel really good conf- really confident about
1: yeah, it. Because I, I you know, I know when I've um, um done a bit of spotting, the old six mils can get pretty tough to see when you get mm. out at distance. Mm. Um it's usually just the, the lead spraying into the dirt that you really pick up on, not so much the strike. Which can look like a miss. Can can you it can look like a miss. It can look like a miss, yeah. So So yeah, that that'll clear all those sort of
0: elements up, um for sure. Absolutely. So one of the guys I met while we were uh, while we were going around was your boyfriend, uh, actually. Do I have a boyfriend? <laughs> one of many, it sounds like. Oh, okay, uh, Paul Shooter, the oh drone thermal drone thermal man. Drone. Oh, he, he must be a legend. You've, yeah. You virtually proposed to in episode seventy, I think. I seem <laughs> to remember you. D- <laughs> oh, there's a man crush developing. <laughs> um, well, it's it's the yes vote has gone through now, mate. So. Uh, you, you're, you're ready to rock and roll. Oh, jeez. Um, so, but we met Paul. Paul was a real nice bloke. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was the one who got in touch with us about the drone, the thermal drone.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And so he is... Uh, keen we're going to get organized a night to go out uh spotlighting um mm-hmm. somewhere between sa and victoria <laughs> adelaide and melbourne basically so yeah. somewhere between and he's going to bring his thermal drone on so i think we're going to do a, a podcast from it or a uh some video well video might be challenging but we'll, you know obviously for your youtube yeah. channel yeah. Uh, connect those two yeah, yeah. and it'd be uh, that'd be a, an awesome video i think oh, footage yeah. from the the drone Mixed up with footage from the well, the rifle scope,
1: yeah, and mixed up with podcasts. <laughs> mixed up with podcast audio, so yeah.
0: <laughs> couldn't could create quite a uh, conundrum from yeah, a technical yeah. point of view. Yep. Uh, no, it'll be uh, it'll be really good. So that'll be mm. an interesting, interesting nah,
1: it's, trip. Sounds like good fun. And, yeah. Uh, You know, I love technology and it's always good to see how technology can work for you (laughs) in the field.
0: Well, Paul, um, uh, he's a pilot, which is why he can operate his drone at night. I believe there's restrictions around drones at night, but because he's a pilot, he's certified in doing all of this. And and therefore, um, he can run... Uh, he'll run it around to basically see where game is and then either sort of try and coax the game towards us yep. or allow us to go and find it yep. to, a, to a point where we can with with what you're doing. Gee, that sounds tough. I'm going to enjoy that. I think you, I think yeah. you are, mate. So <laughs> that's on the cards of Paul. Uh, we will definitely uh, definitely be in touch about hooking that up. It's a date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul, you're a lucky man. He's rich. At least he's rich. <laughs> Shame about the good-looking bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Got a face for radio. <laughs> oh, actually, as they call you on the other podcast, the man with the golden tonsils. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the last nickname you ended up with on that podcast. <laughs> 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 There'll be far worse to come, I'm sure. <laughs> that actually brings us into our topic this evening, which is varmint shooting. And perhaps a little more clarification around it, but we noticed we've noticed before and and also particularly in this trip that a lot of guys who want to get into precision rifle shooting and long range shooting a huge amount of them have a spotlighting background a varmint shooting background and and i think it's more just a it's there's more of a correlation between varmint shooting into PRS into long range shooting and thinking about our own stories greg yes you know, well both of us uh, and and andrew as well i guess um but Think thing about our own stories. is it, it really is a tried and, well, it's a worn path, well-worn path, to go from sort of varminting and, and end up looking into long range. Now, to what extent people go through with it, that that will vary, but a huge amount of the people I spoke to that were on the cusp of entering the long-range world were spotlighters and armament shooters. A little bit about your story maybe, Greg, and I know we've shared it a little bit before, yeah. but remind those.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll probably just cap to the... The point where you know, I've had a lifetime of vomiting and love it. Um, and I'll probably just say that for most of that time when I was young, I probably imposed some glass ceilings on myself, yep, in terms of distance uh, and ability. Oh, I could always shoot groups quite well, but um, you know, I never usually shot beyond sort of two, three hundred meters, and um, and what I found was. You know, that was fine for a lot of the shooting I was doing at the time. It was working. I didn't need all that much distance. But when I got out of the army and moved back to South Australia, I was doing a lot of open farm. Instead of northeast Victoria, where it was hilly and undulating, I was now on open farmland. And I was finding that the foxes that I was trying to knock over were sort of sitting at 400, sort of.
0: That worked it out, hadn't it? Yeah,
1: that worked it out. They're just sitting there watching. (laughs) And I'm thinking, well, I can't shoot those buggers. They're too far out. (laughs) I thought yep. oh, what, am, what do I gotta do about this? So, um and and that's roughly about the time I met you, Sam. Mm. And that and I remember even the first time I came up to shoot with you up at uh, your Callington property. Um, yep. um long time ago. That's
0: a long time ago, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you, you know, you guys were all uh, shooting eight yeah. hundred
1: meters and stuff like this and you know, like my you know, this sort of switched me on, you know, the light bulb came on. And anyway, that sort of started the process of, you know, ballistics, ballistic calculators, range finders, you know, yep. all that stuff was just all, you know, to me before that, <laughs> it was just unnecessary. But then all of a sudden, you know, the light bulb come on. Amazing
0: and, how things change,
1: eh? Yeah, and, and I was very quickly, well, you know how it happens, it, it happens quickly, you know, like, mm. especially for your first, you know, in the supersonic range, you you, you sort of extend quite quickly. Yep. Um... And yeah, I started knocking over those foxes at 400. Mm. So that that was sort of what drove me is like, I wanted to be able to shoot any varmint in my spotlight range. Yep. And then of course I went to 100 watt hid. So <laughs> 100 watt hid, you can, you can see a long way with a 100 watt head. So, because um, 400 meters is about the limit of a halogen usually, like yep. typically. Um, and, you know, maybe a little bit more, but not typically. And if you're running a filter, it'd, it'd be definitely 400 max. Um, and yeah, then I went to HID and I was starting to reach out further and that's where I went, started to look at different calibers. So you start to look at, you know, yep. extending yourself and that's where I sort of went to six mil. So yeah, it's it's, it's like a progression. Mm. Uh, also the the whole, you know, the wind side of it, bucking the wind. Yeah, so it's just a progression. I've ended up at six mil for my varminting. Yeah, and that's like my sweet spot. Um you know Dan got me onto the 87 grainers and that that's been a real sweet spot for me. I really enjoy shooting the 6mm 87 grainers out of the 243. i
0: mm-hmm. I've actually got I've actually got a question on that from a listener um that we've actually sort of stumbled onto the topic of but we'll we'll come back into it. We'll come mm-hmm. back into it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where I've sort of I've built up to. Although I did
1: um I did build up my six by forty-seven lap, and that was mainly just to to keep learning in the long range. I, th- yep. I think I'm primarily a varminting sort of guy.
0: I'm not really a long range guy, but uh, that doesn't mean I don't want to learn it. And, no, um, absolutely. I mean, you, you've done you've done some pretty impressive things long range hunting. Yeah, and yeah. and that's coming. I think what you're I'm guessing you're alluding to there is is that you're not content to sit all day and shoot steel. Yeah. Uh, good fun to practice and learn on but you're pretty yeah. keen to get you know sort of pack that away and get out there and shoot foxes and stuff.
1: Yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head yeah. for me. I'm I'm definitely a hunter through and through. Mm. Um but I also like you say understand the value of of tapping plates yep. at different distances for a bit of practice and making sure all your data's right and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but I definitely do like, you know, I have got that long range rig, so if I want to go beyond what I normally do vomiting and just for the practice side of things, I can. So, yeah, it's sort of mm. where I've come from and gone to. But like you say, I haven't stayed in the long range world. If you like, I'm not doing PRS, and but I'm definitely out there, you know, every weekend basically. Yeah. uh um, at, 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 you know, in in different conditions. So and it must
0: it must be a nice feeling, effectively thinking that. Uh, if I can see it, I can shoot it. Mm. Yeah, v- virtually. That that's actually a really good point to bring up because
1: I came to a realization. That's sort of where I'm at. Yep. And that's a good feeling when you're yeah. a varminter. <laughs> yeah. If I can see it, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's in gone. trouble. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. In, yeah. So th- that's a really good feeling to get to as a varmint mm. shooter, and you know, I encourage anyone if if you know that's if you can get to that point. um, whether you're running a HID or a halogen or whether you're daytime shooting if you can see it and it's in trouble, you know I think you're in a really good place,
0: yeah yeah yeah, absolutely, and it's uh yeah look my my story is is similar, i guess in many ways, where you are know, spotlighting and and perhaps I didn't have the 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 time you know the the experience in terms of years as yourself, but uh, my, my progression came in line with my spotlighting. So you start spotlighting and you're mm. getting into it. Yeah, I did it so sporadically when I was younger, but as I got into it more regularly, um, I think my knowledge in the long-range world grew mm. in line with my spotlighting. So we'd be, you know, spotlighting yeah, yeah. at 100 metres, 150 metres, and then just progressionally, 200 metres was no issue, and then yeah. 300 was no issue, and then 350, 400, and, and you yeah. know, yeah, then, it, then it was – it was perhaps not so much of a. I've hit my limit. I need to go find some more info. Yeah. It was more this info is being fed as I'm as I'm growing in my ability. Yeah. And and you know then yeah again you, you yeah. if you could see it and and you could be confident. I think that the big thing on that for me was seeing it is is uh, when we say seeing it clearly being able to identify it is perhaps the the, the terminology that would be appropriate because I can I've seen. What looks like a fox at a thousand meters under spotlight, uh, but I can't clearly identify it at that point. Yep. Yep. So uh, I've waited till it's come into sort of six, four, five hundred, whatever it's yeah. been on the night, and and when I've gone, that is a fox. Yeah. There's no question about it. And funnily enough, it's a well and truly in range. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, he'd uh, it boom, well, that- boom, flop. That's the thing with vomiting. Although it's tempting to have
1: a longer shot, you're better off waiting. If you know, yeah. exercise patience and get that guaranteed kill. Yeah. Um, don't worry about records. You know, yeah. wor- worry about <laughs> yeah, putting them down. You yeah. know, um, especially if they're still coming in. There's no point shooting if they're still coming in.
0: Well, there's there certainly is a uh, is a uh, skill to that, isn't it? So, and I've seen I've and seen patience. the flip side. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the flip side of guys who are who are well skilled in their long range stuff and can shoot a steel plate or a paper target at. Thousand meters plus, no problem at all. And then they they get a fox that's coming in, and that sort of crosses that magical five hundred meter mark. Yeah, yeah. And and they go, but but I want to I want to I want to I wanna shoot it. And you go, yeah, but it's not a great shot at the yeah. moment. Yeah. And you go, yeah. And then it pauses for a moment. They take the shot, they miss, and um, and and because it's still still effectively on the way in, and, and there's some real. Uh, yeah, you know, it's that knowledge of being able to sort of go, just wait, yeah, you know, just just allow the the fox to come to a point where it yeah. doesn't want to come any further. Yeah, the whole fox behaviour, yeah, thing. and that's that's just time in the field, I think. Yeah, uh, you can,
1: I think you can have it explained to you, but you yeah. really need to be able to be out there and watching See. how foxes behave when they come in to mm. really understand it. So, uh yeah, that's just get out there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And the and, other thing I find dudes have yep. struggled with is um, say a fox is coming in and mm-hmm. the constant change of range. Really so, good point. Yeah, yeah. like seven fifty, yeah. seven twenty five,
0: seven hundred, six. You know, six seventy five. Yeah, oh, 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 you know, like, and and especially and you notice that closer in as well. But and especially on the calibers that are not as forgiving with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, with the, with. Yeah, three o or or two to threes, perhaps for some oh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, comparative to uh, like a two fifty or two four three or something like that, it's you 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 really need to pay attention to you know sort of every thirty fifty meters, oh, depending on on where where it you know how far out in the, yeah. and the the further it out, the more you got to pay attention to that distance because yep. it, it keeps coming in. Uh, you keep updating it, mm. Mm. and that's where that's where we a good. And again, back to some long-range principles. A good shooter spotter, perhaps ranger, um, in terms of finding the range. um, That relationship between two guys that shoot together a lot. um, That comes into play a huge amount where... They're constantly giving you updates, and we used to do that um, with a guy, uh, Duchy, who some people will know, and yep. actually was was almost going to join us tonight, um, but he'll be back. He'll be on some future podcast, no doubt. Uh, but he and I shot a lot together, and and effectively, whoever's on the rangefinder was just hmm. yelling numbers. Yeah. So every five seconds, number, yep. number, number. Whether or not it was, um uh significantly updated or not because the other thing they would give you is if you were hitting the wrong thing and we would also you know if you're sort of you know you, you're not hitting the fox you're hitting the hill behind it or something like that yeah you, you know, you'd be able to keep updating numbers so yep. yeah you'd be able to sort of work out oh hang on no we're hitting a couple of different things here yeah uh but then also if it was coming in you you'd be getting yeah shorter smaller and smaller numbers so that was really uh you know a team that does that effectively.
1: yeah I, I couldn't agree more um having a a pair or more of guys to shoot with frequently. And I I know I've been with you where, you know, there's three or four of us in the car and we're all just yakking away, telling stories and yarns while the the spotlight's getting flicked around. And then as soon as we hit eyes, everyone's like silent, bang, out the car. Everyone knows their job (laughs) and everyone's doing everything by the numbers and the fox is dead, you know. Yep. And – you know this you only get that from shooting shooting with guys
0: but do you, do you remember that story we did the that, that, uh, that time we did that across cars across two cars do you remember that was up in uh, in Flinders? Yeah, I remember um, that night. Yeah. And yeah, there was <laughs> I was I'm trying to work out how to explain it, but effectively we we're doing that same thing. we were sort of we, but we we're driving in two separate cars. That's right. And uh, and this this cat was trying to be super elusive, and we oh. effectively pincered the thing. That was a great <laughs> manoeuvre.
1: That was that good. Was, I remember I spotted him. He went in behind a bush. Yep. And, and then I ca- called our
0: car into... I said, it. right,
1: you guys line up, you go there. And then yeah. like, I fired a shot into the bush to get the cat to move. Yep. And he then, came then, straight then, out.
0: And I think Dutchie might have even taken yeah, that shot, yeah, actually. Dutchie
1: got the the yeah. kill in the end, but yeah. um, it was like it it copped a barrage... Mm. Big time, yeah. and a
0: lot of those, a lot of those communication skills are well. I mean, they're well drilled in lots of different areas, mm. but in long range shooting, when you're shooting with a shooter and spotter, having that communication, and and that's probably an observation I had from the weekend, was. Um, Those teams that really communicated well with each other consistently did really well. And to hear um, George and Lucas, uh, who are in Team Delta Tactical, those boys communicate uh, consistently and update. They just know each other. They just know each other, how they shoot, and that communication, while uh, being uh, relatively minimal, Perhaps mm. simplistic in many ways. It's it, just is far, is far from simplistic, but is mm. it appears quite basic. Yeah, uh, is is just the right amount. Yeah, the communication is, is not spot too on. much. Yeah, not uh, too little. Yeah, no, yeah. that's right. Um, yep. Yeah. Whereas for Dave and myself, we we, we <laughs> would. Well, I mean, we we communicated Sussing each other. Out yeah, we we yeah, didn't yeah. really know each other too yeah. well. Um, we established the baselines of what mm. we were going to call, which was great. Mm. So there was less confusion about it. Yeah. Uh, but the the communication wasn't. Yeah, we, you take yeah. time to develop that knowledge. Yeah. Um, Process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was, and and yeah, again you spotlight with some people on a constant basis. And away yeah. you go. S- story with Duchy because um, we used to uh, to uh, shoot uh, basically every six weeks uh, on a brew permit, hmm. um, and or worked out to roughly every six weeks. Um, yeah, I came down with you a few times did, to fill right. some of those tags. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so that. Um, but to the point where if the roo was on my side of the window, I was driving most of the time. Yeah. the roo was on my side of the window, going to be out, and he would have already picked up the spotlight and put it on the... Yeah. Uh, this is when the spotlight was out my window. He'd yeah. already had the arm across, have grabbed the spotlight while I'm on the gun, uh, and the, the communication was just there. Especially yeah. if sick of that and put the what, hole in the roof.
1: What, what, how many tickets did we have a night? 50. And we'd fill them... Well, before midnight,
0: well, oh, that was un- under three hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. and y- you'd off. already
1: been shooting there before, so oh, yeah,
0: yeah there's there was so, so there was many so roos, yeah. Oh, just, I mean, you probably could have had a permit for 300 in a night, yeah, and still gone back a couple yep. of months later and done, done the same thing. Yeah, was, so, was basically,
1: these roos were drinking his bore water quicker than yep. it was coming out of the bore, <laughs> so it was keeping the trough yeah. empty,
0: basically, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think I think the big issue now we're slightly off topic. Yeah. Was <laughs> the, Don't get his, me talking on hunting the His his yeah. property. Uh that property there was one of very few with water on yeah. it. And so the roos would come in far and wide uh yeah, for that yeah. particular location.
1: Um but but another thing from like PRS style shooting that yep. I use a lot in varminting mm-hmm. is um and uh, yeah not cheap, but the Kestrel Elite and, yep. and the Bushnell Connex. And, yes. and And it's actually the main reason why I bought it. Like I know a lot of the long-range, you know, dedicated extreme long-range shooters, you know, they want it for, you know, it's custom drag curves and, you know, your ability sure. to strike well out. But I actually wanted it for speed of engagement, of, of varmints. So Yeah, makes sense. So with the, the Connex, when you range, you get your drop. You don't yep. get a distance. So you can just, whoever's your partner can just call drops to the shooter. Yep. So that alone really does speed up Because quite often a fox mm. will only give you Maybe two, three, four sets of one or two seconds To yeah. lay your shot off Quick exposures yeah, for a quick snap exposure. exposure Sounds like the well, yeah. shot you just went yeah, to Yeah,
0: that's right um, Make sure they have fox cutouts
1: yeah, yeah, yeah But I know all those guys that do well um, But yeah, that's, that's a real speed of engagement improvement yep. So um, I use that quite a bit So it's, you know, I just shove it in the glove box With the Bluetooth on and <laughs> You know, just range yep. away and I I just shoot drops and you know, with first focal planes, it's yep. uh
0: it's a breeze. Makes it so much easier. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing that you see, uh, relating PRS and, and spotlighting is just that that we talk about speed of engagement but cycling the bolt and, and you know, um, oh, yeah. you you would have been in a situation where you got a couple of foxes on the go. Yep. And you know, you you you're talking like it could be well, it could be anything from ten degrees of movement to Yep. To 120 degrees of movement from oh. one fox to the next, and and you've got to make uh, a wind call. You've got to change your your range, change yep. your direction, cycle your bolt, keep your muzzle pointed in a safe direction, and yep. and do all of that, and uh, not let this fox run away
1: yeah, at two in the morning
0: <laughs> when you're half <laughs> <at> asleep. <two>. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I think you know I, I think guys who and. The guys who are interested in the the PRS side of things, one are, are taken a bit with the the distance. It's kind of cool. It's it's longer range. It's 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 awesome to be able to do that. But also just that rapid engagement uh, and and target direction, all that sort of gear. I mean, we see that on goats. We see that on foxes. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Rabbits. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, Funny when we're up at the PRS, um, a, a huge amount. A, a a large percentage of the guys uh, had never been on a range before. Yeah, right. And and then another chunk of a percentage had been on a range before to sort of zero. Yeah. Okay. Um, but hadn't engaged in any comps and no, you know, the, no, that's no, the fun and, stuff. All that sort of year and yep. and so it was really intriguing to see that um, all these guys who are paddock shooters. Yeah, yeah, They're out there doing it. Yeah. which is my background. Yeah, yeah. Much more than than the t- the, the competitions mm. and and that sort mm. of gear. Yeah. Um, they're out there doing it and putting in place, and this is this type of competition attracted them. That's why yeah. I think that uh, there's such a healthy un- underlying uh, support for PRS style comps. Yeah. Um, because there's there's a stack of those guys who are what you know going. That is a comp yeah. that I would join a club for. Yeah. A dynamic uh, and a yeah. bit more like the varmint shooting. I'd, I'd yeah. actually, I'd actually, that I'd actually go along because that would help me, and mm. you're, you're proof in the pudding, so to speak. That you, that would help me get better at what I want to do out in the field because mm. that's my focus. That's really what I want to do. It. Yeah. Now, I know that Sean from SDS is responsible for a whole stack oh, of us. Yeah, I'm, I'm off him. <laughs> yeah. He's turned a stack of good varmint shooters into into plate shooters. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) right. He's made all these amazing plates and and now we spend most of our time shooting metal Yep, because it's easier to find. Yeah, it's always there, isn't it? (laughs) It's always there. Then we are varmint shooting. But I guess the, the fact is, generally speaking, when we go out varmint shooting, we do get quite a bit. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, usually if you see it it doesn't get it away. It doesn't get away. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's a big thing from my youth too, you know. There was a lot more misses in my game yep. in my youth and, and than there is now. Like just, mm. you know, a combination of, you know, obviously shooting ability, positional like yep. you know what would you call it? The the, yeah, the, the how solid the, my position is. Improvised positions. Yeah, and, and improvised positions. And, and
0: um and you know, yeah, obviously just, just waiting for the right time. And yep. I think it's it's very much one, one, uh, one sharpens the other, you know, mm. in, in terms of, uh, you know, you do some PRS comps and practice or training or mm. anything on those lines, and you will see that improvement in your varmint shooting oh, definitely. and vice versa. You're a good yeah. varmint shooter, and you you actually won't be won't be horrible at PRS, won't you yeah. stretch? No. Some things will be challenging and new yeah. for you, yeah. but that'll be the same if you went the other way. Yeah,
1: you know, a couple of comps in, you'd be… Uh you'd be on top of that pretty oh, quick. yeah. So yeah, I think it, most most competent varmint shooters would adjust pretty quick um t- to the different challenges. It's just expo- you know initial exposure might might yeah. uh, Bring them unstuck initially,
0: but... And, yeah. and you see that with the guys who... They, they're, they're smacking stuff all day and night at 200, yeah. 300 metres. But yeah. you put a target at 600 and they're, they're, yeah. that's where they find the challenge because they've not done that sort of yeah, thing yeah. before. But you, you get them to shoot over any obstacle, particularly yeah. out the side of a ute or over the top of a ute. Yeah, yeah. And a couple hundred metres, they're all over it. Yeah. So uh I, I think there's there's a there's a real interesting desire there from uh from guys who have never really been interested in in joining a club so yep. much or been interested in shooting comps yeah uh where they see something prs like and they mm. go uh, yeah I, I could do that yeah. so I, you know i guess i use that as encouragement for those of you guys who are who are either in that regard where you you really just – you've somehow stumbled across our podcast and, and uh, maybe because Greg shoots a lot of varmints and you think that's kind of cool and and, mm. uh, and you do want to sort of check this sort of stuff out because it's it seems to be a fairly natural progression. And then also if you are into the PRS stuff but you haven't got many mates that are, that, that they do like varmint shooting, mm. uh, yeah, depending on your, your scenario, set, set up a little – Couple of targets, so they can have a bit of practice on and mm. get them have a crack, and they'll probably go, "Oh, that's not bad." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's not bad. Particularly if you let them shoot over the top of the ute doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it it is really, uh, really good fun. Well, guys, we're going to leave that episode there. You'll be back next week with a second episode with the remainder of this conversation. This is very close to Greg's favourite type of shooting, so he got quite excited and uh, certainly had some stories to share. Uh, massive thanks to, for tuning in and for listening. If you do like our show, really do appreciate it if you jump on Patreon and support us or jump on Projectile Warehouse and buy a t-shirt or a coffee mug or some form of merchandise. That would be fantastic. The uh, funds do go back into the show and uh, improving things and making it better. So look forward to uh, catching up with you next week and uh, there will be another episode then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page and for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by STS Steel Targets, premium shooting targets and accessories.